Welcome to I'm Sorry What Weddings. This is the podcast where I talk all things weddings and flex a little bit of my wedding street cred. Listen, I've been a bridesmaid, a maid of honor, a groomswoman, a DJ, an officiant, uh, a bartender once, and you know, I've been a guest. So I've seen many things and I'm excited to share all my tips, tricks, and stories with all of you. Plus, I am bringing on wedding professionals and my own personal friends to share their own tips and tricks and stories as well. It's gonna be a good time, so let's get into it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry What Weddings. I'm Ashley Sleek, and this is the podcast where we chat all things weddings. I'm here to help you out, okay? I know it's stressful being a bride, a groom, a maid of honor, a a uh, best man, just a bridesmaid or groomsman. Also, like, being one of the supporting characters here, uh, officiant, DJ, all the things. I'm here to help you out because I've done most of them. Obviously, I have not been a bride yet, but you know what? It will happen. Today, I thought it'd be fun to do a bachelor, bachelorette boot camp because I know that there's so much that goes into planning and I get asked a lot of questions. I know I've already answered a lot of questions here on the podcast, but one formalized list kind of with dates and what I think you should have done at each phase that could be really helpful and also sprinkling in my tips along the way. And let me just preference by saying this you are going to plan a good party, okay? If you care, that's kind of the first check mark, okay? And you're kind of at the will, of course, of your bride and your groom, but also the person proposing to them. So you don't know how long you're gonna have to plan a party. So this is like the best case scenario, but I just want you to know that I have planned a bachelorette party in literally three months before, so it is possible. If you don't have to, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving you procrastinators and out here and you're like, oh, well, she did in three months. No, if you have the time, I would do it. Give yourself the time and give yourself the guest the time to get prepared. Okay. So let's just dive right into it. Okay. So we're one year to nine months, seven months, however long you have out and you grab a glass of wine, grab a beer, grab a Shirley Temple if you don't drink and sit down with your bride or groom, either via uh, Zoom, or if you're able to be in person, that's awesome. And we're gonna hash out a couple things. First thing is location. And I know I've mentioned this before, but one of the things about location that's important is asking your bride or groom, what is their preference? Do they really wanna have a, you know, travel destination bachelor, bachelorette party? Like, is that a top tier for them? Is that very important? Or is it more important that everybody is together and there? Because, and there's no shame in either answer. It's just the thing is that if if you want more people to come, the less travel, the more, the higher likelihood of everyone being able to be there. So that's just a question, but no shame in your preference. Um, also, you know, the location doesn't have to be totally crazy. And, uh, you know, I've said this before. I'm like, it's a bachelorette party. It can honestly be fun anywhere with the right people and the right vibes. You can do it good. So if you're feeling pressure and you're like, oh my God, everybody's going and traveling for their parties, I think I need to do the same. Honestly, my one recommendation would just be to get like 30 minutes out of the place that you live at least. You know what I mean? I mean, I know people can do it in their their town that they live in and it's fun. Like I live in Campbell now and I've thought many times about having a bachelorette party in San Jose um, because it's so fun, you know? But I think just stepping out a little bit and out of the realm that you are in just kind of gives it that feel that, okay, I went somewhere, but it also gives you, you know, 
the the not travel if that's really not your thing. Just don't feel pressure, whatever you want to do. Okay, then talk to your uh, bride or groom about Airbnb versus hotel. If there's not a strong preference, you don't have to make a decision right now, but it is important in the kind of estimating for things. So um, basically, there are arguments for both that I can make. You know, Airbnbs, I would do an Airbnb for sure if you're going to a location where a pool party is a necessity. For example, I plan Scottsdale and I plan Palm Springs. And both of those are very hot places. And there's not necessarily like a, um, you know, a a downtown that you kind of stay at. So an Airbnb was really great because we were able to do those pool parties and things like that. But if you're going to somewhere like, you know, Vegas or San Diego, highly recommend a hotel. You can literally stay like right on the strip with the bars and it's really nice. There's a lot of benefits, I think, to a hotel not having to clean up after. Um, Obviously, I got robbed at an Airbnb. So, you know, traumas. But, you know, I think that either one can be really, really helpful and it will help with the cost on the next one, because, you know, when it comes to a hotel, you might drop down the cost of like lifts and all those kind of things, whereas with, you know, um, an Airbnb, you get to cut, cut down on the cost of like going out and eating. So, like I said, preference on both ways. Um, then a list of dates that works for them. So I usually recommend doing two to three dates that they are good with. Not too many. You don't need like an entire month, but two to three that you can give to the guests and they can choose which one works best for them. Also, speaking of guests, the guest list, kind of an important thing. Um, so do a first round of, of guest list and, you know, make that finalized within the next couple weeks so you can get ready to send out invitations. And then, um, of course, types of activities that they want to do. So are they kind of sporty? Do they want to go to a sporting event? Is that really big for them? Do they want to are they big? Like they're just like, I'm here to party. Do you want to do a beer bike, um, mimosa brunch, you know, um, a boat? Like, are those things important? And then um, are they really active? Is doing, you know, some sort of physical activity really important to them, which I will talk about later on here in the podcast. But, you know, just kind of really like honing in on what it is that they want their bachelorette party to look like. And then, of course, the theme talk about the theme, hopefully lock in a theme and just really kind of be able to use that for the rest. And I just want you to know that like bachelorettes don't all need to have themes like the theme could just be bachelorette and everything's pink and you could do, you know, for your invitations, you can do kissy lips like there's a lot of fun things that are just like bachelorette. But if your girl's like, I want the desert disco, I want the cowboy theme, whatever it is, just, you know, get that kind of locked in. From there, then you get to kind of be a financial planner and come up with the base cost for everything. So when I I pulled this example from a bachelorette party that I was planning, so I had I made this into three columns. So the col- one column was price, one column was um, or sorry, it was activity cost and then like the due date for the girls or guys, whoever is invited or these. Um, so I had Airbnb at $350 to $450, uh, activity at $50 to $70, decor and t-shirt at $25 to $35, 
groceries uh, to 100 to 200. And then eating out and going out, I like kind of do a little parentheses and I'm like, we're going to do one brunch, one dinner and bars out two nights for around 200 to 250. And I always kind of estimate around like 50 to $100 more, except for obviously with like the decor and t-shirt and the activity, I usually just go like 10 to 25 more. Um, the reason I do this is because like, honestly, you're just never going to know the cost until you have that guest list locked in. And so I like to estimate higher because sometimes there is a worst case scenario and things are going to cost more than you're anticipating. And uh, then <laughs> in addition to that, nobody's mad if you play, pay less. You know what I mean? No one's mad if you pay less. Um, a couple other things that are like to note here is, you know, flights. I usually add a little column flights and I don't necessarily estimate this out for them because people are usually coming from a bunch of different places and they can look that up themselves. You don't have to do everything. Uh, and then also like Airbnb or sorry, Lyft and Ubers. I kind of just throw it out there. Blanket statement. If you are staying, like I said, on the hotel on the strip, be like Lyft and, uh, Lyft and Ubers are anticipating just having to take like to and from the airport. But if you're at Airbnb, you know, we are going to lift an Uber. So just keep that in mind. OK, so once you've locked in the theme and all these things with your bride, I usually do like nine to seven months out. I like to send the invite. So I think it's fun to make a cute little invite. You can do this so easy on Canva. Like Canva is amazing. You can DM me. I'm happy to help you make one. I did used to do mine on Photoshop, but I kind of tried to involve the theme and all that stuff. And then I send an initial Google form. So here are the the pieces that I add to the Google form. First and last name, email, phone number, if they prefer text or email. If you have a preference, leave this off. But, um, you know, if you're kind of like, I don't know if I want to send a group chat, if I want to send emails. For me, I've actually found that emails are a little bit easier. I kind of just started doing newsletters in the form of all these emails that I'm sending. So it felt like it was kind of fun. And um, but, you know, that's just me um, adding the chart in that we just talked about and asking if they're interested in attending the batch, uh, what date works best for them. I usually do a yes, I can. I am unsure. And no, I cannot. Uh, t-shirt size. And I usually go on to like the Etsy page or wherever I'm actually thinking about getting the t-shirt or just like, you know, I you don't have to have it totally locked in yet, but just an estimate. And I just take a screenshot of their t-shirt and then put it in there. Um, and then you get to at this time meet with the bride. Once you've sent this out, I usually give people like two weeks to fill it out. And then once you get all of the um, answers back, you get to sit down with your bride, review who is interested in the dates and then lock them in. So after that, it's usually around eight to seven months that I send an official invite to everybody that was asked. OK, so this is important because things change a lot. And sometimes when you're looking at dates and like as someone who's gone to a part a bachelorette party, I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't know if I could do I'd rather not do that date, but I can make it work. So I'm going to ma match no, because like I don't really want to, but I could make it work. And then also, you know, it's important to uh, know that people's schedules change. So maybe someone who said like, 
yes to that date, can't do it anymore. Someone who said no, can vice versa. So send it to everybody and ask that they lock in by the six month mark. And a lock in includes a hundred dollar deposit and then remind them about like kind of the schedule of due dates and then um, the details of outfits. So uh, this is important because sometimes I've seen that bachelorette parties get a little cray. And you know what? We support the cray about outfits like there's a theme night black like everybody wears black and stuff like this and the thing for me about giving everybody time on this is one there's a lot to pay for in a bachelorette party so they're kind of making their own schedule and if they can do it early that's great also sales you just never know when a sale is going to pop up especially if you're planning a bachelorette party like around the time of like halloween like you're sending these things out and there's costumes involved like they can wait till Spirit Store is shutting down and they can run in and get discount costumes. So I just think it's important to give people time on that. So you don't have to have ever, if you don't have it locked in, don't stress out. But I would just try to give people, you know, time to to look into that. Okay. So um, at the seven to seven to six month mark, of course, you were getting that first hundred dollar deposit. And this is when I would book the place that you're staying. And listen, I'm just going to tell you this right now. Get a credit card if you don't have one. Get a second one if yours is maxed out because you are just going to be putting everything on this credit card. Um, I would recommend doing one that has some nice points involved uh, because, you know, getting all the money up front is very stressful. And the fact that like you might lose the Airbnb or hotel, it gets stressful. So I would just, you know, lock that in and then send an email reminding the girls that the first half is, or guys, or they, whoever's invited, that the first half is due. So um, coming up on the full first half is due um, coming up in two months. Cause at the four month mark, you should have half the money due and you should book your activity. And I would just send the girls a message with an update on the activity and reminder of like the theme and the outfit requirements. And then I would send a another survey out. And this survey would be all about the bachelorette, like food and drink preferences. So I usually send in my mind if I know I'm cooking at home. So for example, I know we're doing two breakfasts at home and one dinner. If we're going to do pizza, then I'll like kind of break it down with like, okay, breakfast foods, please click all the ones that you would like enjoy, you know, um, and then obviously having like a place for people to put in any allergies, pizza preferences. And then for drinks, I list out all the alcohols that I can think of. And then I have it as a chart with like a little checkbox, which is like 1000% need, must drink, you know, would drink if it was there, wouldn't really care not to see it and like an absolutely not. And then I kind of take the highest of that and add it to the grocery list. Um, Then I do um, mixers and I just kind of list them out the same way. And then I think it's really fun to do like a song request or um, a, a link to a Spotify list. So that way people can add to the playlist and it kind of makes them feel like they're um, a part of that process, which is really fun. Because one of the things about it is that, you know, most people are kind of split. It's like, yes, whatever, just take my money and I'll just show up. But some people are like, you know what, I'm paying money for this. I want to be involved. So I think this is kind of a fun way to do that. And I found that the more information you give, the better. Of course, by the way, you're going to send these newsletters and people are still going to text you and be like, what, how much, how much was I supposed to spend? Like, you know, what are we doing this day? And you know what, that just kind of comes with the territory. But the more you can explain, the more people feel like, honestly, you're asking people to spend a lot of money. 
So the more you tell them, the more they feel involved. I think the better they feel about the process. Um, okay, so two weeks prior to, um, oh, I'm so sorry, I skipped something. Uh, four to two months before the batch, I would start purchasing the decor, the shirts, and the gifts. And listen, I know us, we're procrastinators, it happens. But the ideal is to do this early, especially the shirts, because look, what if they show up and you don't like them? What if they take long to get there? Like. Do yourself a favor and just, you know, take a break. One month out, I send a full agenda to the girls. And you know what? This is my ideal. Honestly, I've done this two weeks before. But one month, I try to send the agenda and a packing list. I think a packing list is very helpful, you know? So uh, maybe I'm too much. But listen, this is how I ended up where I am. OK, so then you've got your packing list. You sent out your agenda. Two weeks prior, I send an excited email to the girls with a breakdown of how we will be paying. So this is kind of a big question that you go into. It's like, how are we splitting everything? So there's a couple things I recommend. I have said this before. I'll say it a hundred times. You are responsible as the maid of honor or group or uh, best man for like handling the cost. So, you know, I usually tell people like, hey, you know, all these dinners are going to go on my account. We're going to split it evenly or we're going to split it itemized so they know that going into it so it's not as stressful or you can use an app called Splitwise where basically everybody's in the app and then you know everything gets split through there I recommend I think it's a really nice app to use so for example if uh, we go out I'll put my car down for dinner right so that automatically splits it with everybody but say you know Sadie had to pay for an Uber. She puts that into the Splitwise and then she just selects the four people that were in her Uber. And then, um, you know, at the end, it calculates it all out for you. So instead of being like, OK, I paid, you know, like Sadie owes me $100, but then I owe her 20. So she Venmo's me, I Venmo her back. It will just be like, OK, Sadie owes $80 to you, if that makes sense. Girl math. No, I'm just kidding. This is like math, math. Um, <laughs> I also want to add this little tip here about Lyfts and Ubers is that that part gets really tricky. And what I recommend doing is having room assignments and those rooms take Ubers together. And be strategic when you do your room assignments, because yes, I think you should have room assignments. Like it gets awkward when you don't. And those girls or guys that you know that are going to be partying out late, like these are your night crawlers, put those bitches in the same room together, okay? You're like, okay, actually, they're probably going to go home early. Like put them in the same room together. I mean, it's hard to predict, but you know, put people who are comfortable together and you think are similar kind of going out styles. Um, and then, you know, like that is all the two weeks before. And then for you, the week of, listen, I know you're going to procrastinate on something and it's going to happen. So just try your best to give yourself a break that that week before. But if not, you know, clean up everything that you've got, um, you know, make sure that everybody's up to date on their finances. And then, of course, a big thing when you get there or right before um, you go create the shared album. So um, if you don't, if not everybody has an iPhone, I would look into like, you know, Dropbox or something like that. But create the Google Al or the um, the the shared album early. So that way when people are like if they're taking flights or things like that, they can add everything in. So that is kind of my timeline and little notes there. That is Bachelor Bachelorette Boot Camp. I hope this was helpful for you. Don't stress out, you know, like everything's going to be OK as long as you, you know, give people the time 
to prepare financially and give yourself the time to, you know, get all the logistics done and make sure that you get paid, like you're going to be fine. But money is honestly a stressor. And it's one of the big things that people talk about with bachelorette parties. So I think that, you know, the more time you can give, the better. But don't stress out if you need to do one quick and dirty. It is very, very possible. Hi friends, I am so excited to share that I joined the Azazi Ambassador Program. This makes the most sense. I know I talk about it all the time. I have been a bridesmaid going on 13 times, so I've had a lot of experience shopping for bridesmaid's dresses, and my favorite experience was with Azazi. Like, I just had three dresses that I liked the style of, sent to my home, I tried them on, I chatted with the bride, and like, we picked the dress, and I'm telling you right now, I will wear these dresses again. They were so cute. I cannot recommend this more. It's so simple and easy to use, especially if you have bridesmaids like literally all over the place. This is it. But also they have really cute guest dresses. Like don't sleep on the guest dress. So amazing. You can shop the link in my bio on Instagram and on TikTok at Ashley Sleek and you get $2 off your first dress. You guys, please check this out. I'm telling you brides, grooms, if you are shopping for dresses, like this is so helpful. I cannot recommend it more. Check it out. Link in my bio at Ashley Sleek. That's Ashley with two E's, of course. Happy shopping. Okay, let's get into a little of Ashley's advice. So I got this question. I have the opportunity to use a ranch for my wedding. It would be free, but I have to rent chairs for the ceremony, tables, and possibly a dance floor. What else would you recommend to include? First of all, we love to see it. Like anywhere where you can cut a cost, uh, that is great. But I would definitely recommend making this list with cost of everything that you would have to pay for. And then also checking out a venue that has everything included and just doing the cost. I have seen it cost less. I've seen it end up costing more and being more stressful. So that is just my overall note. Some things that I would add to this list. Um, I would check in about the sound equipment. So speakers, microphones, et cetera, depending on if you're having a band, but also, um, you know, thinking about your officiant and you both, like, do you want, yourself to be mic'd? Uh, do you want like, you know, your partner to be mic'd? Do you want just the officiant to be mic'd? And then like, do they have that equipment available? If they do not, I recommend checking out Fry's Electronics. I DJ'd a wedding that was at a ranch and I was able to rent all those. I think it cost me like $300. Like it really wasn't that much. And I got um, a microphone for the efficient and I just use that same microphone for speeches. One of the things that is important to know is you want to have a plan for sound at all three events. So ceremony, cocktail hour and reception. So, you know, for me, what I did was I brought a little boom box that at right after the ceremony, I went and played just a play, literally a playlist on my phone for cocktail hour while I was setting up the full DJ set for the reception. So um, lighting is another thing I would ask about. Not, uh, you know, if the ranch isn't set up necessarily for a wedding or events, you'll want to make sure that you have enough lighting. So I think that is also something you can rent. Um, making sure you know the time of your ceremony. Well, you need lighting for that. But the dance floor and dinner, um, those are also really important. A bar is something to consider. So, you know, not only, uh, you know, you can lay out, of course, tables for food and stuff and do a buffet style. But I mean, more like, you know, first of all, 
do you have an area that's set up where you can have a little bar? Of course, you can rent it. But are there fridges or buckets with ice to keep the drinks cold? Are you going to have to hire a bartender? Is that included in catering? Um, those are some other notes. Also, a kitchen. So is there going to be like, for example, if you're having your wedding on a really hot day and you get your cake delivered, is there a place that you would be able to store the cake until, um, you know, similar with like appetizers, things like that, just but depending on how you're doing it. Uh, parking would be another thing I would look into. Like, you know, there are people who still drive to weddings, you know, so are, is there parking available and how many spots are there? Um, little small things like trash cans, like are those going to be around? Like, do you need to rent those? Um, also setup and cleanup time. So I would make sure you know when everybody can get there and then um, when does everything need to be taken down? Uh, sometimes you can like extend this so you don't have to like be rushing, which is nice. But um, also, is there a bridal suite? Is there a place for you to get ready? Is there a place for your, you know, your groom or, you know, vice versa to get ready? Is there somewhere that you can hide so you don't see each other? Kind of logistical things like that. And then I would say the last thing would be that I can think of is like arbors and barrels and things, depending on how you want to decorate down the aisle and around. So those would be a couple other things. But, you know, honestly, there's a lot of sites out there um, where I think that you can find these things. Also highly recommend Facebook Marketplace. Um, when it comes to lighting, this is something that your DJ might be able to help you with. Some DJs come with with different forms of lighting. So a lot of options. And I think, listen, if you can save money anywhere you can, do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, okay, so let's trickle into the I'm sorry what moment of the week for weddings. Okay, listen, I feel like this is actually a retracted statement that I have to I'm sorry what. I think for a long time I've been like, oh my God, doing physical activity for a bachelorette party, boo, you know? Honestly, I think I've changed my tune a little bit. Okay, listen, I think that when you're getting married in your 30s, like things are just different. Late 20s, early 30s, late 30s. I don't know what that's going to be like, but I'm, you know, 30 years old now. And I did a bachelorette party recently for my girlfriend, Charisma, and we did a hike. I mean, granted, I didn't know how long this hike was going to be. Ended up being pretty long. But you know what? It was really fun. And what I liked after was that, you know, I felt not that you have to like reward yourself, but I I don't mean it in this way of like I hiked. So now I can get drunk like, you know, it was more like I hiked. Now I've got this like wild energy and I feel like let's get drunk. You know what I mean? So I've always been really, really against, you know, yoga classes or like hikes or any of that stuff. But you really got to fit a bachelorette party to the person that you're doing it for. And if they like that stuff, I actually didn't think it was that bad. And honestly, these days, like when I know I'm going wine tasting or something, I wake up early for a hot girl walk just to get my day started. And I feel like it just really sets the tone. And the thing is, is that you can give people the out. Like, I'm sorry, what? You don't have to do every activity at a bachelorette party, okay? If they book a morning yoga class and you're like, I am exhausted and I'm tired, you do your thing and you go grab a mosa and you sit on the side and watch. Like, it's not a requirement. And I think that if it's important to your bride and groom, like, I don't think it's something we should, like, automatically count out. And I know, like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I'm the one who was like, um, in what world? In what world would we do this? But honestly, as I get older, I'm like, you know what? 
Yes, I think we should do that. And one time, and you can make it fun. Like when I was in New Orleans, I don't even think about this when I think about like a workout class, but we did like a booty, booty bump class. I can't remember what it's called, but like it was like a twerking class and they like taught us how to twerk and I was sweating, but it was like genuinely so much fun. And I just had such a good time with it. And I think that like, as we get older, like bachelorette parties evolve because listen, I just can't like you can't see me at a bar for like 48 hours. You know what I mean? I do have unmatched bachelorette energy, but like there's got to be breaks in between. And sometimes like the walking just comes from having to walk from like one part of, you know, the town to the other. But honestly, like, I don't think we should shit on them. And it truly it's it's catered to the bride. And even like as of recently, you know, I was invited to a bachelorette party that unfortunately I can't attend. But there was a survey and it was like, what activities do you want? And, you know, like working out and like like a workout class and things like that was on the list. And I was like, oh, hell no. And I even said it. And then I was thinking about it again when I was chatting with Kim and I was like, you know what? The the hike was fun and it was like a nice way to like get all together. And I think if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. But if it's important to you, like, I don't know, to me, it kind of like kickstarts that hangover and I or like, sorry, not kickstarts. It's it kickstarts you like beating that hangover. And I think it can be really fun. So I'm sorry to all the brides that I shut the shit down for over the years. If you wanted it, I apologize. But, you know, I think moving forward, I think it'd be a fun thing to incorporate. Well, thank you all so much for listening to I'm Sorry What Weddings. Happy to be back with you on this fabulous Friday. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope this helped. If you have more wedding questions, please feel free to hit me up at Ashley Sleek on TikTok or on Instagram. There's a link in bio. You can submit anonymous questions. You can DM me directly. Um, Anything that you have, I love to talk weddings. Excited to get more guests on coming up. And, you know, just thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. Don't forget, it's your special day. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. And I love you. Okay, bye.